1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
3: Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast.
4: WTIC. Yeah, so it's pretty wild. The state and local tax burdens, calendar year 2022 by state, Connecticut, number two highest in the country. So that means, yes, as Red pointed out, 48 states have lower total taxes. Isn't that amazing? Then others. So listen to the Alaska is the cheapest state to live in by taxes, 4.6 percent. Connecticut, 154 Wyoming, Tennessee, South Dakota, Michigan, Texas, North Dakota, Georgia, South Carolina, and Oklahoma are the bottom, with Alaska being the, uh, the lowest. And Oklahoma, 9% Texas. South Carolina, 8.9%. I wonder if that's why... Democrats think it would be nice to have the, the first in the nation primary in South Carolina because it would be a place where the tax burden isn't so bad. They wouldn't be feeling so awful about Democrats who love the idea of having tax burdens being as high as possible. So only one state is worse to live in in terms of the expense of the government, and that is New York at 15.9% total taxes, Connecticut second at 15.4% remarkable horrible numbers that's why it hurts so much to live in the state of
3: connecticut it's the todd feinberg show live from the nj diet studios on wtic news talk 1080
4: i'm sorry these numbers from the tax foundation analysis of uh, i i just find that every time i look at them i find them shocking Consider this. Well, just the proportion. It's it's so out of proportion. Tennessee is the 48th most expensive state. That is, only two states are cheaper to live in than Tennessee. Tennessee's total taxes, state and local, are 7.6%. Connecticut's at the other end of the spectrum. Connecticut is the number two most expensive state government to run, state and local government to run. Government is most expensive here but for New York. So Connecticut's total tax burden is 15.4%. Tennessee's is 7.6%. That is you can double the amount of taxes being paid by the average Tennessee person And you can double it, and you don't get as high as it costs to live in Connecticut. Are you not appalled by this? You can double Wyoming, and it does not come as high as Connecticut. What could they possibly do to make government, to justify having government be so expensive? We're going to do rants in a sec. Let's talk to Mike in Plainville. Big Mike, what's going on?
5: Sounds enticing, but I have a significant other that doesn't want to move down south.
4: Well, can't you get another if one?
5: I would, if, if I was by myself, I'd be in Tennessee right now.
4: Uh, look, i I understand we the, I, the only reason really anybody lives in places that are criminal in the way they run the state or criminal in the way they run the weather. We, you know, Conne- so Connecticut fails there. on both of those tests. Everybody Absolutely. is here because of loved ones.
5: What what states are 49th and 50th as far as uh, tax burden? Do you know?
4: The cheapest tax burdens. Let me see if I can do this from memory. I can't.
5: Canada, Alaska? I,
4: no. Well, Alaska is the least expensive state, yes. Okay. And, but I'm just forgetting what the other one is. Um, lowest cost state is what? Wyoming, I think.
5: I'll tell you what.
4: Alaska, I mean, Wyoming. Yes, Wyoming is the second cheapest.
5: I'm advancing in age. I can't. I don't have five or ten years to wait for things to get better.
4: Of course you do. You're so I don't fit. Have five years you look to wait like you now. spend half the day in the gym, Mike.
5: No, I spend half the day at work. I uh, no more gyms for me. anyway. anyway you know what? The be- you, you made a statement about three weeks ago about the best candidate for the Republicans. Let's mm-hmm. get the best man or woman as a candidate. And or
4: fluid a, person. How about Trump a non binary, the best non binary?
5: Trump does not qualify as the best candidate. He's too divisive. He's gone. He's, in my opinion, he's stepped over the line.
4: No, I agree with you. He has uh, the cost of Trump politically. Now, now outweighs the benefit of Trump. Go ahead.
5: I would like to, someday I would like to run into Chris Murphy and stand right in front of him, get in his face, toe to toe, and ask him, what the hell are you doing? I wouldn't shake his hand. I would look right at him. I'd like to see his reaction.
4: You mean like a boxer before the fight staring into the eyes of his opponent?
5: Yeah. You, you saw me last Friday. What do you think he would do?
4: I would think he would press the special button he's got hidden in his pocket. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> the security button.
5: Security button.
4: I would think so. Because that would be scary to have Big Mike looking at you like that. He,
5: he happy holiday, sir.
4: Thank you, Mike. Good to hear from you. And um, well, we say Merry Christmas around here, by the way. Not that wimpy, happy holiday stuff. You just blew your whole image. You were so good. You were doing so well. You were, you were, you were rocking that thing. I have this new computer that I got from work, and it has this. Uh, they, they, the company has doctored the the system defaults, so you can't change certain things. I can't change how quickly it shuts off. It's driving me crazy. I'm trying to decide whether to just give it back and use my buy another one myself. It's so, oh man. And I can't change the password? I can't put my own password? Come on, man. Okay. Rants. Let's play some rants. Let's play some rants.
5: Todd. Yes.
2: Plymouth. Sorry, this is petty, but I hate it when people in this the northeast area say idea instead of idea. There is no R in idea. I-D-E-A. Oh, Oh, God, thank you. I just had to let that go. Have a good night.
4: I envy you for being so bothered by something of so little consequence. That's a really nice thing, to be able to be uh, made crazy by people saying, I dear. It's a colloquialism. It's just a funky thing that people who come from certain places. How about New Yorkers with their, uh, the way they say coffee? Why don't you get irate over coffee? Coffee bothers me more than I do. Honestly, this is Mark from Middlebury. Getting back to what the caller said previously,
2: uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi should be tried for treason. Absolutely. One hundred and ten percent. Not for January 6th, but for a profitable of other things, uh, the border, Afghanistan uh, and uh, many other things that should definitely be tried for treason. Thank you. Love the show.
4: Thank you. But I question this trying for treason. How do you try people for treason who are elected officials doing what elected officials in their party all do and have been doing for decades? You can watch. I did this. I played this on the air a few months ago. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Walter Mondale or one of those guys going back 40, 50 years. Hubert Humphrey, perhaps. And, and he was talking the same as they talk now. Nobody paid any attention. Nobody called it out as being anti-American talk. America is based on the idea that government will protect our rights. And our rights are based on, our, the starting point is our right to our own bodies. And everything is built on that. So it means everything we do and everything we earn is ours. And we cannot be inhibited by the government in any way except when we are interfering with somebody else's ability to pursue their own happiness. That's it. That's the contract. It's so simple. So how do we try people for treason, for doing what their party has been recommending for decades? And now they've convinced people that anti-Americanism is the American system of government. I don't think that you can effectively start trying people for treason, for doing what their party has been arguing has had as its agenda items for half a century without just destroying the political system because the people who have been supporting the anti-american crowd for fifty years will be jumping up and down and saying what are you doing you're you're ruining our democracy you can't do that they'll say we have to vote them out of office we have to convince people that the american system is the best one and convince them to go back to having an american system Rather than the one that the left has crafted, where they overtax and use that money to bribe voters to vote for them.
2: Hello. I wanted to thank you for playing my message
1: about the role of government during yesterday's show. I also wanted to go over an angle that you may have missed during your reaction to my message. The role of government, the government needs to be able to hold on to its power because if it was for example a favorable government, it could suddenly be displaced by an unfavorable government. The reverse is also true and such so this is uh, a double-edged uh, sword. Uh, thank you for for playing my message
2: again and I'd hope to continue to hear your reactions. Yeah,
4: no, I. that's true. Uh, the, gov- the government has to be able to maintain its governance. And it also has to be, uh, the people have to have the power to, to disband it. Or so maybe that makes the first of my statements null and void. Because the precedence has to be, in being able to eliminate a government that is a criminal organization. We now have government that is effectively a, a gangster organization robbing us and using that money to ruin our the the premise of our political system by making our our by making our elections unfair and rigged. using the money they've stolen from us and transferring that money and, and other, other aspects of power into the hands of their voters. They, so that ruins the idea of having a democratic system. And therefore, we have to be able to eliminate the government. And I think that takes precedence over the government's right to maintain its own power. Now, the only way you can have a system like this, I think, that functions is by having a a system that stays close enough to where it's supposed to be instead of the criminal, destructive, plundering organization the government now is. They've got to be working every day to make sure they're in line with us. That's simply a must.
0: Hi, this is Mark of Watertown.
4: Hello, Mark of Watertown. One
0: minute. It will be my pleasure to be a worker being stuffing envelopes. I am compromised, but I will help the new party in whatever I can do. I was born last century in 1953. I hate to tell President Biden that my dad was a blue-collar Republican. He was smarter than his father. I guess i attended two private colleges and two public ones i have an associate and bachelor of science degree i believe in the constitution it has no left party or right party there will be no second class citizens in our political party bring it on
4: All right, Mark, thank you for that. So Mark is referring to the discussions we've been having. I don't know. I guess it's been a week now since I decided we have to start our own political party. And I'm very serious about this, and I'm getting a lot of good reaction from not just from from uh, average listeners, you know, who are hearing this and intrigued by the idea, but thought, you know, serious political people who have been thinking about these ideas themselves in there. I'm getting these notes saying, I like your idea. What can I do to help? And the idea is to make a political party that represents the American system of government and works to implement that with every vote that any elected official from that party, from our power, would make. It's all for smaller government. It's all for power in the hands of the people. And the reason most... The reason most third parties can't work and can't get any mileage is because you have to break the binary, the black and white, the left or right. You have to be able to break that model. Otherwise, people say, oh, I can't vote for the new party because I'll hurt the old party. But now Connecticut has successfully, well, the Republican Party in Connecticut has successfully made itself irrelevant. Therefore, there's no risk to voting for our party. So it's the perfect time to do it. And I do think people are starved. For a principled party that espouses the principles of the American system.
2: Oh, I... Todd, December 22. Two. We have some ignorant Americans, in my opinion. Yeah, that's the here. point. America is not the world's richest nation.
4: Okay, explain. At
2: one time we were, but now we are the world's largest debtor nation. This country owes more money to every country in the world, and we cannot pay it off.
4: See, John saying we're a dirtbag country, and he's a patriot. But we've become a dirtbag country because they want the money to use to convince us to vote for them. That's what all that debt's for.
2: These Democrats and rhino Republicans keep kicking the can down the road they keep printing billions and trillions of money, or digital money, and our little ones, and when the little ones, two, three, and four years old, have children, and their children That's right. will still be paying off the debt.
4: That's right. That's the disaster they've created. Thank you, John, for articulating that so nicely. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Call in a rant, 860-751-4698. Tom Scott joins us in the next half hour. Let's go to Mark Christopher.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
6: We're
4: in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center,
3: Mark. miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast.
4: Yeah, so how you feeling? You all It's right? Let's to Dustin and Vernon. Hi, Dustin.
7: Hi, Todd. I'm really excited by the idea of starting a new party.
4: Why uh-huh. is that?
7: So I've been asked to run for public office by a number of people a number of times, and I have continuously declined uh, for a whole manifest of reasons. But if we were to start a new party, Mm -hmm. then we would not be defined by these boxes. We can actually serve the people and, and do something because as a small business owner, you know, having to put up with this special assessment for uh, Fuda uh, is going to really hurt come January when they have that uh, the increase in electric rates it's it's really the situation is just continuing to get worse.
4: Uh, yeah, how about how it, about uh, electric and and heating and just everything that can be expensive they're making expensive on purpose.
7: Oh yeah, and, and I as a small business owner it's a. a you know, a seasonal business, and to have to go through the gut-wrenching part of how do you make sure you retain your employees for the next season, mm-hmm. and make sure that they can afford to pay their bills and survive and put food on the table for their families.
4: Yeah, what, Can you tell us what kind of business it is?
7: Uh, landscaping, and is, is... It, it's it's really a an industry that takes a lot of knowledge and talent to be in. um, But it's just, we continuously lose people to the fact of the unemployment system pushes people to finding other careers during the off season. And people look down on the industry as as a low paying, high labor job. And it's really not, we're trying to change that paradigm.
4: Well, I hope you won't mind, but the the party we're starting is going to be a no-tax party and a uh, virtually no government, is minim, minimal government, the way America was supposed to be.
7: That would be fantastic.
4: Wouldn't it? All right, so, Dustin, and, drop me a note and, so I have your contact information. Everybody else excellent. should do that as well. Todd at ToddTalk.com, all right?
7: Thank you, Todd.
4: Great to hear from you, Dustin. Todd at Todd Talk. T-O-D-D-T-A-L-K dot com. Drop me a note if you're interested in joining the new party. Tom Scott should be here in just a couple of minutes. And right now, Mark Christopher is here in the BPS Lawyers Traffic.
3: Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
4: Yeah, we threw those uh, Spanish language ads in there for Tom Scott, just to keep fresh on his bilingualism. Tom Scott's a former state senator, political guy, joins us every week. Hey, Tom. How you doing today, Todd? Well, same as every day. I'm psyched.
8: Well, you know, I was listening to uh, the great red janky a little while ago on your show, and I, yeah. I have to say I think he was a little too optimistic in uh, suggesting that uh, the governor... And the legislature would give the people of Connecticut any kind of a significant or meaningful tax cut. Um, I understand uh, on a certain level that the governor probably gets it that we have destroyed the incentive in Connecticut to stay here, expand here, or come here for that matter. I'm talking about uh, job creators, people who might actually want to do business here. We've made it increasingly difficult I would argue with the tax foundation, I still think we're number one uh, when you calculate in property taxes and all the nuisance taxes and everything else. But maybe we're number two now. But we've been fluctuating between one, two and three for a long time ever since the, the income tax. But family. keep
4: in mind, there's this good thing about being number two, and that is we try harder.
8: Yeah, a- absolutely. But but let's let's stipulate, just for purposes of conversation, that the governor... Uh, really does believe taxes are too high in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. The reality is, he and we are dealing with one of the most radical Democratic legislatures in the country, and these people are ideologically committed to more government, more spending, uh, redistribution of the wealth. I mean, we've got a we've got a whole nest of actual socialists up there at the state capitol now. Never mind those who are trending. Uh, down the path towards outright socialism in this state. So, you know, just before the election, Todd, in Connecticut this last November, the Republican legislators, instead of having like a contract for Connecticut, you know, with very bold statements about where the Republican Party would take this state in a positive way, they were holding press conferences about, you know, giving away more taxpayer money for uh, energy assistance. Now, look, we're all for, you know, I I checked the the, the donation on my electric bill to help people that are really struggling to pay their electric bill. But really, is that that the winning issue? And and for months, the Republicans were making that a big deal, as if anybody was paying attention, and to the extent they were, the voters who care about that weren't going to vote Republican anyway, for the most part. You know, so if, in fact, there are tax cut bills put on the floor of the House and Senate in Connecticut... This is an opportunity for Republicans uh, in unison and and loudly to, to, to promote what I might call a taxpayer bill of rights, amendment after amendment, cut taxes deeper and make the argument for it, empower the people of Connecticut through the right of initiative and referendum so that we, the people, are empowered to go around these knuckleheads in Hartford and put matters onto the ballot like 27 states can do, recall. The right, of, you know, one of the reasons these politicians lie their way into election and then get away with it is because we don't have the right of recall. We mm-hmm. can't hold them accountable. Wouldn't that be
4: glorious them. to have?
8: It would, and a lot of states have that. You know, it's not frivolous. There's a, there's a big threshold and how many signatures you need, and all that. It should be difficult to recall somebody, but we should have that right. And it's it's very frustrating because now you know people are calling in and talking about a third party and that guy who just called and said all these people are asking them to run really what people you know who are these people are they in a position to do anything you don't have to have a third party in Connecticut you have to take the party that in theory is pro-taxpayer, that being the Republican Party, and turn it into something that's going to be bold and aggressive and is going to show the people of Connecticut the way. And a lot of states have done it, Todd. A lot of states have come from behind, like Wisconsin. And and they did it through the primary process. I've said this on your show a million times. Every registered Republican in Connecticut, just like every registered Democrat, has the power to determine the leadership of their own party through the primary process, and that's what these legislative leaders in the Republican Party are afraid of. They are afraid of primaries, Todd, because they can't control it.
4: Well, that's the beauty of primaries, is that they they give the people a chance to really move things.
8: Yeah. Well, anyway, forgive my skepticism, but if the governor actually proposes a budget that actually reduces taxes for not only the surcharge, uh, the corporate income surcharge, but real tax cuts uh, for the middle class, then Republicans need to, to pick up the cudgel and they need to start beating Democrats with it in the legislature.
4: You're saying that the governor, taking, the governor proposing any taxes be cut is stepping over onto turf that belongs to Republicans and they should immediately applaud him and push him further.
8: Yes. And and call him on it. Call him on it. Now, look, forgive my I said earlier, okay, let's stipulate that he means it. But but let me be realistic for a moment. I think the guy is probably selling snake oil and and what we're probably going to see is a shell game, some proposal that reduces some taxes for some but raises taxes for others. And, again, even if the governor is being genuine, and, again, I want to go back to saying I'll stipulate to that, the, 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 the Democrats that control the legislature, they are radical, radical big spenders and high taxers. And try getting it past them. So the Republicans should embrace it right now. They should embrace it right now, and they should run with it.
4: What is the harm that happens to Ned? If let's play that out, how, how does that put him in a difficult position?
8: Well, it, it, it might make it more difficult to govern because in, in Connecticut, we, we have a strong governor, strong legislature, almost co-equal form of government. Now, you take the city of Hartford. They have a weak mayor, strong council form of government, for example. You have a lot of Sure
4: governor, is a weak for, mayor.
8: Well, he's, well, yes, but I'm talking in terms of their charter. He's, he's a weak mayor. He's somewhat more than ceremonial, but not much. But the governor actually has a lot of authority. And if it came to it, he could govern by veto. He has appointment authority. He gets to appoint you know, bureaucrats throughout the government, uh, often with the approval of the legislature, both houses of the legislature. But if the governor went to the mat on tax cuts, I think he'd be in a real fight and you'd see a split in the Democratic Party, which is where Republicans could exploit that and mm-hmm. try to do the right thing and have a political advantage while doing it.
4: They should try to create that or exacerbate the splits that are just below the surface right now.
8: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, you could ask your, you could do your own focus group, Todd. You could ask your, your listeners to call in someday, and, and not that you need programming advice, but to call <laughs> in uh, someday and say, okay, I want you to name me not 10, not 5, but just 3 things. The Republican Party in Connecticut wants to do to make this state better, and I think your callers would struggle with that answer.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a really good question. What, what's your answer? You
8: would struggle, and you're you're you, you know what's going on. I yeah. struggle.
4: I don't think making the state better is one of the uh, things they that is is a goal for them.
8: Energy assistance—that that's the ticket.
4: Yeah. It's, it's kind of a scary situation. So the, the, the third-party thing is something I'm advocating for, and, and that is what generated that call. And the reason I'm advocating for it is because I think that we need to set a clear set of principles as the priority. And where the thing travels, you know, where that energy goes remains to be seen. But I, wanna, I want to have people coalesce around a small government concept. And have people hear those principles spelled out so that they, they live in contrast to this absolutely destructive, insidious, hateful machinery that the state government has become.
8: Well, Todd, you're definitely on to something. And in part, I suspect, uh, because you don't see another path. I mean, how it's so hard to see another path when you have. The opposition party, the Republican Party, which at the state level is so utterly useless and so utterly dysfunctional that it's hard to imagine how that can be fixed. Well, the reality is you can't fix the state Republican Party apparatus. There are just structural problems with having a 72-member state central committee, most of whom have no idea what's going on. But you can go around them, however, and it's kind of like a third party, Todd, you could you could actually take over the Republican Party at the grassroots level, ignore the state party chairman, ignore the state party headquarters, because they're only in the way anyway. They don't actually do anything for anybody and just go around them through the primary system. And you could actually make a new party, call it a third party. But it's the Republican Party, but a different Republican Party, because the, the reality is trying to get a plurality. In a three-way race because that's what you'd need presumably to win is exceedingly difficult and again not to get too deep in the weeds on this but in connecticut we have these convoluted election laws and if you were to petition a new party tomorrow which you could do that part's relatively easy you can't cross endorse until you run candidates and those candidates have to get at least one percent of the vote in order to cross endorse two or four years later mm-hmm. so I don't know that Connecticut has any time left to be honest with you.
4: Well, and... what's what's unique about Connecticut though is that the Republican party has become so ineffective and in so so the normal problem with with third parties is that they're trying to break the the binary aspect of how elections work with two parties and that two-party thing is very powerful. The choice of eeny meeny miny mo is what people like to do they don't like the complication of a third or fourth or fifth party they find that confusing and it just doesn't the physics of it don't fall into place the way political science wants it to so i figure what's what's really cool about connecticut is you don't have to be a third party that's trying to create a space in the center where actually nobody Really, that's not what people feel. People feel the need for something on one of the extremes. And there's no threat to the Republican Party by having a third party in Connecticut because there's no Republican Party.
8: Well, that's, yeah, so that's, you know, if, if you had a Republican Party that was actually electing a lot of people to significant offices around the state, but they were just like the Democrats, kind of democrat light. having a conservative third party, And the threat of running candidates against those Republicans in the general election, which would make them less likely to win reelection, is one way of trying to get Republican office holders to behave more like Republicans. Even if you didn't win, Todd, you'd still have the ability uh, to to wield influence with the Republican. Yes,
4: they would have to come to us or they would cease to exist.
8: Exactly. But see, we're already we're almost there now. I mean, the Republican Party in Connecticut is like the Rhode Island Party, which is to say not a lot is happening. Now, that said, you know, as all these people are careening down I-91 and getting mad at me for saying this, the reality is the, the rank and file Republicans in this state who care about everything you're talking about maybe have not completely embraced the fact yet that the state Republican Party can't help them that the mm-hmm. state republican party is not the path forward. And if a if a grassroots organization began in the republican party, not not at cross purposes, but to go around them, to go around them to nominate their own candidates for the primary process, you wouldn't you wouldn't have to listen to these people. Like I said last week, We need to find people who don't yet know that it can't be done and who have not learned bad habits and have not developed bad relationships with sleazy political consultants.
4: Yeah, I love that concept of finding people who don't know that it can't be done. You know, you need those wide-eyed, eager beavers who just want to go out there and do the work and say what they want to say. And not be intimidated by the old insider network.
8: They're out there, Todd. I see, I see people like this all the time, but it's the unorganized public. They have to be organized somehow. You need some money, obviously, and they have to be well-led, and they have to be trained. So that's what's missing. They're out there. You just got to go find them.
4: Well, you're sounding a bit optimistic.
8: Well, I you know, I was reading an article today about, you know, New Haven spending $85,000 from the uh, pandemic relief money to hire a climate czar.
4: Isn't that wonderful?
8: It, it, it's, and, and it's like, really? And, and, and so now we're setting up a bureaucracy in New Haven that's going to be funded. High. By the way, how are we spending pandemic money? Right through 2026 to fund this position and the other staff members and all the meddlesome stuff they're going to be doing down there. This is pandemic money, and we're hiring a climate czar. This is happening all over the state. This is happening all over the country, Todd. All these billions and billions and billions of dollars that were approved by Congress for the pandemic relief and for the American Rescue Plan and all that, it's it's mind-blowing the kind of waste and meddlesome stuff that's going to be going on with that money.
4: It is a horrible thing. That's what you see when you look at government. Tom Scott, it's good to have you here to clarify and and, uh, shine the spotlight for us. So thank you so much, sir. We'll talk to you again next week. Tom Scott, the great and the powerful tells it like it is. And and as I mentioned, when he was young, he spent 10 years in the state Senate. So it's kind of got him started in life in his twenties understanding how these dynamics work and and, and what it's all about and uh, he helps people win elections and or at least try to win elections and sometimes his people win if anyone's going to win it would would be a Tom Scott candidate all right thank you so much for today don't forget to call the rant line 8607514698 do it at your leisure